Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today, May 26th, 2022. We continue with Chronicles of the Kingdom series, Lesson 20, Beyond Repentance. What do I mean by beyond repentance. Well, in the last lesson, we talked about how do we not become this divided heart? How do we not want to love God but serve the enemy? And and we talked about the key to this is repentance. Jesus preached, repent, the kingdom of God is near. It was the Pharisees, it was the religious that rejected this. And yet, there were many who understood their condition and they repented. Today I want to deal with the reality of actually dealing with life structures that we have built up in our life throughout the years. How do we move beyond repentance? For many of us, we could say, but I repented of my sins. I've come to Jesus and I've been walking for six months. 10 years, 20 years, whatever the time may be, and you still feel like you're that divided heart tree, or you still feel the struggle of the enemy. Where do we go? What do we do? Today I want to talk about that reality. How do we deal with this? How do we really move forward? You know, we face many devastating things. Just this week, there's been another school shooting in Texas. And people ask why. There are devastating things in life. We have to face them. You know, Isaiah 61.3 says that God does not promise that there's not going to be a fire. But he does promise that he's going to give us what? Beauty for ashes. So if you have ashes, you've had a fire. And... You can't build anything back from ashes. If you've ever gone to a, a, a camp out or done a bonfire in your backyard in, in one of those one of those pits and you've burned up wood the next day, you can't take what's in the bottom of that, those ashes, and build a house out of it. You can't build a structure out of those ashes. It's not really possible. And many times it can seem like our life is just set ablaze and is being destroyed. Today I want us to take hope that God can truly give beauty from ashes. He can continue to move in our life and we can continue to move forward in the kingdom of God.
I paused there to let us think, to let us meditate on that. It's such a hard thing to overcome. To just say, get over your past. But again, we're talking about the reality that God will take the things that seem to be destroyed or in the process of being destroyed and do something wonderful about it. You know, we've talked about this bad heart tree. We've talked about the divided tree. We've talked about this Babylonian pagan philosophical system of the world. We've talked about the enemy, his position and his strengths. And we've come to this point of we repent and we turn to the Lord. I want us to understand when you repent, we turn from sin, we turn from the world and we start moving. Well, where are we moving? Well, when we turn, we have to understand that we're now meeting the enemy head on. See, before, when we're just going with the flow of the world, um, we don't really face resistance of the enemy. We don't. And that's hard for us to understand because there's times today in the midst of so many people's hearts being broken over a school shooting you you feel like you're facing that i want us to understand those that us that are facing that are the ones that have turned to the lord so many of the world are just they're in the flow of the enemy they're in the flow of evil and though they see this going on and they 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 think about all oh, this is terrible they're really not going against that flow they're not going against it in anything. They're actually enabling it. And it's not till we turn and we face the enemy head on that we can actually overcome him in the strength of our Lord. I mean, think about this. If we're not meeting the enemy head on, if we're flowing with them, we can't overcome him because we're caught in his flow. But when we repent and we turn to the Lord, we're now going against the flow of the world. We're facing the enemy head on. Now, now we have the opportunity to face and defeat him because of what the Lord is doing in us. Now, I want to talk a little bit about mindsets before we get too far into our scriptures. And if you go to the book of Exodus and you read the story of the children of Israel about how they suffered captivity in Egypt, they had gone down there and they had eventually become slaves. And I want us to understand that when they originally went down there, it was to get away from a famine and Joseph was in charge and he took care of them. And they entered into a period of prosperity, even in the midst of famine. They were taken care of. Uh, they had no needs or wants. They were given the best pasture and grassland. Everything was great. But over time... They lost the will to resist, and they just accepted enslavement from the Egyptians. And the Egyptians, they kept increasing their abuse. They kept increasing their labor. And finally, after years, the nation, the people of Israel, finally became ready to accept being delivered. You see, they weren't even ready to accept a deliverance. For, for, for so long. But they got to that point. The abuse 
of the of the masters that was enslaving them. The Egyptians got to so bad that they finally they were ready to accept deliverance. And God brought up Moses. He sent a deliverer to them, and he brought them out of Egypt. But once they left Egypt, their journey of hardship sort of began. They began to wish that they were back in bondage to Egypt. Why? Well, because there's spicy food there to eat. And and that's what they wanted. But Moses, he delivered them from that, and he was leading them to what? The promised land. Well, when they got to the promised land, they weren't ready to fight the aliens that were in their land. And I say aliens because there are people living there, but we have to understand those people, the land didn't belong to those people. These are the people that moved in because Israel had left the promised land. Jacob had left the land that Abraham had gone to that God had promised him. They, they had left that. And so the land was now overrun with, with other people. That's why the aliens, they don't belong there. And Israel wasn't ready to fight for their land. And cho- instead, they chose to stay in the wilderness. I'm summarizing this. I know that the story is a little more complicated than that, but it was their choice. And that is a mindset of a slave-minded people. A slave-minded people do not want to fight. They just want to roll over and accept whatever is given to them. And God had to teach the slave-minded people that they wanted the promised land. Their old life had to die. It had to burn up in ashes. Yes, they had to endure hardships. But he did that to them because they needed to become a people that was ready to fight a war so that God could give them victory. God had already given them the victory before they even got there. But they had to be willing to go in and fight to defeat the enemy. Matthew eleven twelve says, The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now we have to remember, and so much of this figurative language, this war I'm talking about is not of the flesh. We're talking about a spiritual war, spiritual warfare. Our fight is not against people. That's what we see. This this thing that, that this shooting is it, it's it's people dealing in the flesh. It is a manifestation of demonic works in our flesh. It is evil and sin in our world. And as long as we attempt to fight it in the flesh and in worldly thinking, then these sins continue. It's a spiritual war. And we have to fight against spiritual powers that affect our natural physical lives. And the Word of God gives us instructions. He gives us our weapons to fight with. It's Jesus Christ is our strength. He is our defender. He is our conqueror. It's in His name that we have power to overcome evil. It is in Him we have power to overcome sin. Spiritual warfare is fought with faith in God and in His Word. 
in hearing and believing the Word of God by the Spirit of God. It means learning to pray the fulfillment of the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, proclaiming what God has said by the power of His Spirit that lives within us. It means walking in the Spirit so that we don't lust after things in our flesh. It means believing what God says above any other word of the world. It means speaking the truth of the word of God in love at all times. It means using the authority of Christ to flow through us with his love by the Spirit. It produces his rule in us. It produces his reign in us. It's what gives us the ability to do the will of God. It's by His Spirit living in us. Ephesians 6, 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 17 and 18 says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So yes, when we talk about going beyond repentance, we're now talking about entering into the warfare that God is waging in the heavenlies that does affect us. It does affect us. And He's called us to understand that our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities. And how do we do that? He's given us a sword, which is his spirit and his word. And then we are to pray in the spirit, which is like a sword with his word. Just because God has provided all we need to walk in his kingdom doesn't mean we automatically have everything that's been provided manifested in our lives. We have a part to fulfill. We have a part to play. He did make us for a purpose and a reason, and we need to fulfill that. The enemy, the devil, does not want us to know how to receive from the Lord. He does not want us to fulfill our purpose. Our battle is about faith, knowing and believing the Word of God. We are so tempted not to believe the Word of God. We are tempted to just believe what the world gives us. But that's not the plan of the Lord. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. If you're a believer, a follower of Christ, then you need to believe, have faith, and receive 
what this word of God just says to us. Jesus has been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He's That's good news to you. He has been sent to heal the brokenhearted. We have broken hearts. He's come to preach deliverance to us. Think about it, to preach deliverance. That means he's what? He's trying to tell us to get out of our slave mindset. How do I know that? Because it says he's going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So see, he frees us, but before he frees us, we need in our minds and our souls to accept deliverance. The way the children of Israel had to accept deliverance before they could be delivered. We have to accept what he's doing. And it says that he, what? Recovery of sight to the blind. We need to be able to see what he is doing. We're not, we don't want to be spiritually blind to the things that he's doing. And you see, and he's what? He's going to preach. He's telling us the acceptable, the favorable year of the Lord. You know, in Romans uh, 10, 10, it says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts. Many of us like to say things with our mouths, but our hearts aren't really there. We've lost heart. We don't really believe. You know, Jesus is the life changer. He changes lives. We live in a world that we need changed lives. Yes, our world is going crazy. It needs Jesus Christ to change lives. And that is exactly what he does. Well, how, how, can, I, how can I do this? How can I, how can I just believe like this? I want us to look at scriptures about faith and also about what we, we speak. Now, I'm not talking about some word of faith, name it, claim it stuff. That's not what I'm referring to. But the word does says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we need to learn to speak in faith what we have in our hearts. Okay, this isn't a name and claim thing. This is, Lord, I, I, I believe you even in the face of things that look evil. I believe that you are above these things. I believe you rose from the dead and that you're going to save me. I don't always feel like I'm saved. Doesn't maybe even not look that way. I know I don't feel that way at times, but, you know, those things don't matter. The fact is, Jesus died on a cross. He rose from the dead. And if I believe and confess, I'm saved. That's, that's a powerful, powerful statement. Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go 
your way to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Now notice that the people that argued with Jesus, it says what they reasoned about these things in their hearts. Jesus says, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Why are you reasoning about the theology of my forgiveness? You know, Jesus saw this man, and saw the parable, he says, your sins are forgiven, and everyone starts reasoning about the, the theology of what did he say? Only God can do this, and what's he, what's he trying to say, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's trying to reason it out. You know, that's what the world wants us Christians to do, reason things out. Let's talk logically about this. Let's try to reason out our faith. I know that there's a, a lot of things going on, a generation that's going through deconstruction. You know why they're deconstruction? Because they're reasoning out their faith. I know that sounds crazy and, and, and things, but if you try to logically figure out God using the philosophy of this world, you will never believe. The philosophy of this world will never believe in Jesus. The, the world will never believe it, even if he comes back from the dead. They will not believe. Because why their reasoning goes... Dead people don't come back to life, and therefore this is false. The idea of a miracle is that it doesn't follow any laws or reasoning of nature. That's God. He's not bound by our laws, by our physics, by our nature, by our... He is above and beyond. He is God. And we cannot reason him out. If the Lord says your sins are forgiven, you're forgiven. That's why Jesus says, why are you trying to reason this out in your heart? What's easier to say? Now he's talking about speaking. You know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's like, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to rise, take up your bed and walk? See, the point is, it should be easier to say I forgive you. But, you see, in our minds, you know, we think, you know, oh, this, you know, we're so, we're so caught up into things that aren't real. You know, we're looking and he's saying your sins are forgiven, but we don't believe it. But that divided heart in us will say, oh, I forgive you when our heart doesn't believe it. We're just saying it to look good. But the inside doesn't doesn't really mean it. Likewise, that's when he says, it's easy to say, get up, take up your bed, and walk. See, in Jesus' mind, it's easier to tell the man that's a paralyzed to get up and walk. It's easier for God to do that than it is to forgive sin. Let's meditate on that. It's easier for God to heal a paralytic than it is to forgive sins. So if God says your sins are forgiven, and but because we can't see that, it's not something that's visible with our eyes. The power of darkness is broken. We can't really see that. 
And because of that, these these men had hard hearts. And Jesus said, well, which is easier to say you're forgiven or to get up out and walk? See, he knows they can't say get up and walk and it happened. Their belief level is the same on both of those. You know, Jesus' belief level is the same on both of these two. And so he tells, just so you understand the power that I have in what I say, he leaves paralytic. He says, what? I say, you get up and walk. And he gets up and walks. It's a miracle. It makes no sense. You cannot reason with how did this paralytic suddenly become healed and get up and walk. How can you reason through that? Well, you can't. That's why Jesus said, why are you trying to reason through when I say you're forgiven? Why are you trying to reason through that? Mark 11 23 and 24 says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Matthew 7 and 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, we see that, and we instantly begin thinking physical mountains. I'm here in El Paso. I look at the Franklin Mountains. you got this seven, 8,000-foot mountain sitting here, and it's what? If I can just speak to it, I can make it move, and, and, and we get all this stuff... Listen, it's not about moving a physical mountain. The mountain you're trying to move is the doubt in your heart. The doubt in your heart. Do you believe the things that God says? If you believe the things that he says, why don't you pray those things? Why don't you believe those things? Again, I'm not trying to say name it, claim it. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven and overcoming darkness and evil. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Are you going to eat life or are you going to eat death? It's in your tongue. The power is in your tongue. You know, what are you going to confess? Again, I'm not talking name and claim it, but we walk around with our divided hearts speaking things of the world, and then we wonder why we get things of the world. When we look at bad things we look at shootings what are we going to quote say out of our mouths i'm not talking about this name it claim it empty stuff because you're 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 saying stuff you're claiming stuff but your heart doesn't believe it because it's bad motivation it's evil motivation it's evil heart stuff we claim stuff at our evil fleshly desires that's not the will of god that's, that's the will of the flesh. I'm talking about, I want to confess the things that God has said. How do we overcome this shooting in Texas? Well, we come against the enemy. We come against the, the word. What? Jesus has called us to preach the good news. He's called us to preach deliverance to those. To set free captives. To open the side of the blind. You know, people can't see God. They need to see God. They need to see the truth. These are things that God has given us to do. 
Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two or if you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Listen, when we start talking about binding on earth, loosening in on earth and loosening in heaven, these are spiritual things. This isn't talking about, you know, if we just bind up these guys physically so they can't attack people. Listen, the, spiritually, we need to be binding up some evil spirits. We need to be praying against these powers of darkness. We need to be speaking the word of God to change hearts so that deliverance can come to people. Do we believe that when we pray, things happen? Do we believe when we intercede, things are moving? Or are we just throwing out empty, vain words? Vain words that God says he doesn't he doesn't answer vain prayers. He doesn't listen to vain prayers. See, we're challenged today to move beyond repentance and actually walk with God to believe what he says. We need to what? Speak up and bind the powers of darkness that are keeping the light of God out of this world. And that starts in us. We have to release the light of God in us. You know, he said that you don't light a lamp and, and put it under a bed. You light it so that the light goes to the whole room. Cast out darkness. Jesus is the light. And then Jesus says, now you are the light. You see, we're the light because he lives in us. Jesus is the light. He lives in us. So therefore, his light is now in us. That's why we can say we're the light. You know, it's not so much because I am a great thing. It's because Jesus in me is a great thing. So the challenge today is to go beyond the idea of I've repented. How can I just exist and enter into a kingdom lifestyle of one where we have to face the enemy head on and believe in the word of God that Jesus Christ is going to change lives. That when we pray against the powers of darkness, that the spirit of God will move on our behalf. That he will move in a person's life to cure their spiritual blindness to cleanse them of deception, confusion, and delusion. That he will bring them to a moment of clarity that they can hear the truth without hindrances. And they have the opportunity to be changed by the one who changed us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you what you are doing in our lives, God. We live in a dark world, God. We live in a world that's full of, of terrible things, God. But Lord, I thank you that you are bigger 
than these terrors that you are so much better than what I can imagine and that you are good and that you have come to bring deliverance, freedom, and healing of broken hearts. God, I pray that you would heal many broken hearts this week, Lord. Father, I pray that you would open up blinded eyes that have fallen to bitterness, deception, and delusion. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would go forth and that you would change lives and you would bring people into freedom and into your kingdom, God. That you would help them, Lord, to learn about repentance, God, to turn from evil, God, to grab a hold of your goodness. That, God, for Christians out there that are divided, God, that you would free them, God, from such things that our own life will be burned up in your fire and ashes and that your new life will begin to be built up in us, God. That we can look and we can say, you know what? These ashes of my old life are suddenly beautiful because you have made something out of nothing. Lord, I thank you that you produce miracles that cannot be reasoned or explained. And we give you praise in this. In Jesus' name. I hope this has been an encouraging word for you today. You can follow this series, Chronicles of the Kingdom, on our website, ChristianImpact.net. We are on about 10 or so different podcast carriers. So whether you're listening to us through one of those, thank you. And until next time, God bless.